Hi. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Thanks. Great. Great. So we're here tonight for another panel, which is just really exciting. So the topic for tonight is how to, how to shift from stress to blast through wellness. So I'm very excited to have you guys share your awesomeness with everybody. So I'll start off with introducing people. So we have Mona and is it Nybergal? Am I saying that correctly? Niebergal. 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 Sorry. I was That's practicing. Good. That's all good. <laughs> so what Mona says is freedom from all limitations is really what we are all in search of. Totally agreed with that. The journey to health and helping to eliminate people's and animals' health limitations are her personal goals. She is passionate about homo hom homopathy, homeopathy. homeopathy. <laughs> I struggle, I struggle. And helping people to discover the amazing healing method for physical, mental, and emotional issues. Her motto is be kind to each other because we are all connected on some level. I just love that so much, Mona. It's fantastic. I, I, also, I also noticed that you are called a counselor Cassie. I'm going to say things wrong to me. What is Casey. it? Casey. And what, that what is my, that? What that was my maiden name in elementary school. Um, everybody called me Counselor Casey. So, <laughs> and why? Why did they call you that? <laughs> well, because I I uh, always counseled the kids that were having problems and helped them out with their problems. And if people were fighting, I got in between them and you know mm -hmm. tried to get everybody to care about each other and and not fight. And yeah. Just wanted it to be in a nicer world, I guess, right from the beginning. That's awesome. I love that. And, yeah. you're, and you're continuing on in that journey of helping people. So, yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank Great you. having you here tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Pamela Lynch. Pamela Lynch is a self-mastery coach for creatives who helps writers transform their inner impression to the <laughs> outer expression of prom prominence and appreciation. She begins, she brings writers into a higher understanding of their values to write more and earn more money. After a 31 year career in book publishing, Pamela spent a decade immersed in intuition coaching, emotional mastery and universal laws. She helps creatives to shift from stress to bless while creating a life they love doing what they love. Pamela loves witnessing writers who ache to create and share their message to express their wisdom with confidence, ease, and freedom. How awesome is that? Yeah. So Pamela, this is a kind of a shift from what you were doing before. So what, what, what triggered the shift and how, how are things going? When I was, I did a retreat in Bali in December, January, and it was a health, it was a, a heart-centered retreat. And I was sharing with people to only do what they love. Right? When, we're, when we're coming from a place that, of what we love doing, we, are able to create with ease. And I got back and I'm like, I was looking, cause it was right at New Year's that we went down. And I was looking at what did I do last year? And I published four books last year. And I looked at the things that I loved and the things I didn't love. And I didn't love the whole publishing process. Mm -hmm. So then I shifted from that cause I was doing the whole thing. I was, I was working with them on the book, editing the book and publishing the book. And so I looked at the parts that I loved and I really love inspiring writers and people to really understand what's getting in their way of their creation. So I've kind of expanded it from the creatives and the writers to coaches and healers to be able to dive into the things that they love doing and to shift from being able to, um, to not, you know, they don't, they don't love what they're doing. Right. And so being able to just see that and take their power back so that they can create what they desire. That's fantastic. The big, big shift. And I can tell by the big smile on your face, it's going very well. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You're leading people into what they love to do and you're doing what you love to do. That's just such a win-win all the way across the board. Imagine a world where everybody is doing what they love, oh. getting paid for what they love, love right? and they're becoming these loving beings yeah and, and, and yeah. Uh, thank you for doing all that with people that's fantastic and our last panelist this evening is judy holt judy is a certified 
holistic life coach with over 25 years in the enhancing health industry. She is passionate about educating and making a difference for others with a holistic approach. She crafts a plan to inspire others to reach well-being in all areas with a body, mind, and spirit alignment, and also incorporates law of attraction principles. Welcome, Judy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Are you getting inundated, because with the COVID going on right now, are you just getting inundated with questions about how to make sure your immune system's at top notch? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm all ta always talking about building health, not fear. So what can we do every day to build our health and lots of healthy lifestyle tips and education is what I focus on mainly. That's fantastic. When we're educated, we obviously then we can make better decisions. Cool. Us. Any top three tips on building your immune system? Mm, top three tips. Well, adequate rest. That's the big thing for a lot of people is they're just not getting enough sleep, uh, drinking lots of water. And, you know, these are common things, but we think we're getting eight glasses a day. When we start adding it up, it might be like four. Uh, and the other piece that I really focus on is healthy diet, you know, and your mindset. I, there's, I can't really narrow it to three because there's probably like 10. <laughs> um, the, the mindset piece, man, if you're, you know, if you're positive and you're believing that your body has the ability to, to sustain wellness or get back to wellness if you're off track, you know, that belief is everything. Very true. Very true. I'm doing a lot of mindset work right now. I bet. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough, challenging time for so many people. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Uh, so we'll have the, the first question we'll go around and it's the same one and I would love all of you to just share what do you do for your own personal care so Mona what do you do for your own personal care I have a really uh, great routine that I do every day and I just find that it gives me stability and it just makes me feel good so um, you know this has been going on long before all of this uh, good old 2020 year has uh, occurred <laughs> But I do a meditation every morning. Um, I do some form of prayer or gratefulness um, intentions. Um, generally do some journaling. I exercise and I listen to music. So those are my go-to things in the morning. And they just, you know, they resonate with me. And I think that's a really important thing to do is to do things that make you feel good, that resonate with you and that feed you. Because, you know, a lot of, moms and dads, you know, they're really overwhelmed and their cup is not full. And if you don't have a full cup, then you have a really hard time giving to other people because you're not, you're not full inside. So I think it's really important that you pick out things that really mean a lot to you. If I'm really, you know, struggling with, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do today. I'll just do a quick meditation. I'll still do some form of dance or some form of exercise. Maybe I'll just sing while I'm in the shower if I don't have time. But it will involve music in some form because that means a lot to me. So that's my morning routine. Wow. I love learning new things about you wonderful people. That's fantastic. I love it. So Pamela, what do you do for self, personal self-care? Before I even get out of bed in the morning, I do gratitude. And I do this beautiful little process that I learned to hold a long time ago, like 10 years ago, and it came back to me this summer. And you hold your hands together and you imagine that there's a ball and an energy ball, right? We have our field around us and we just put our hands together and we just, I say, I love, love, love. And then all the things that I love. Mm. And I started doing this with my granddaughter who was here most weekends throughout, you know, the last six months. And we were out on the paddleboard one morning, so I love the water. That's another thing I do for myself is I live right, I live in an apartment right on the water and I go out to the water, whether it's to go for a walk or to just be out there and see the sunset, just be there in, in the summertime. I, I, I'll even just take 10 minutes and just go run downstairs and just go put my feet in the water. Right? So for me, the earth and the water, and it's got all the elements there. And, um, I'll share the story about my granddaughter later if we have time. But um, so I also meditate in the morning and I lead meditations. And being able to have an intention before you go in and do anything. So you have an intention as you meditate, um, because meditation is not about getting good at meditation, it's about getting good at creating a life that you love. And 
then throughout the day, just stopping and breathing and just really being present. I think those are really important. You, re you really hit home with the, the water. I'm a water baby. I have to live by water. So it's just, I find it very filling and just inspires me. It's fantastic. So thanks. Judy, what's, what do you do for personal care regimen? Um, I call it a morning power hour, but it usually is for me longer than an hour, but lots of people only have an hour. So I, I break it up into 20, 20, 20. So 20 minutes of meditation and gratefulness or mindfulness practice of some sort. Uh, if you're not a meditator, even just deep breathing or journaling. 20 minutes of um, personal growth. So listening to some podcasts and things that uplift me and, and I can learn every day from and then 20 minutes of fitness. Um, my fitness is always longer than 20 minutes, but um, it's, it's always happening in the morning because I know what happens when the day goes on. The fitness is the first thing that we run out of time for. Um, so I make it a chalk priority and actually I walk every morning at 7 a.m. with my husband before I even get into my power hour because I just like that connection time in the morning and I want to be in nature right away as soon as I get up. And even if it's a dark, cool morning like we've been having lately, it still feels so good to get outside right away. Um, and then also I'm a total water lover as well. So I'm always trying to get down to the lake as much as I possibly can. Even in the winter, I'll go for beach walks. I don't care how cold it is. I just bundle up, put on an extra layer. Um, but throughout the day, the deep breathing, as Pamela said, such a huge piece, uh, lots of water, eating healthy. I always make sure I'm eating something with protein in it every three hours. So I'm not going too long without eating. My blood sugar's balanced all day and, um, you know, doing things that bring me joy. Every day, it's like you spend time with loved ones, and if you can't see them in person, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever it takes, but doing something every day that brings you joy. I love that. Something every day that brings you joy. That's fantastic. It's a good, good goal for everybody to, to follow. Yeah, I start my day with uh, taking my dog for a little over an hour walk, and I think about all the things I'm thankful for, and then I often, I've been listening to a podcast lately. <laughs> when I'm walking around. So I enjoy that too. So all oh, great. Thank you for sharing so much with that. So we're into the questions. Mona, um, these are questions that people have sent in or I've researched and found questions that people are asking quite often. So uh, I hate this time of year. I find it depressing. What can I do to feel better? Well, I think um, if we're talking about blessings, I think you have to find what really brings you joy in your day. So for me, it's music. Music is like a, a for sure thing. So you have to do at least something for yourself to fill yourself up once a day. And I really, you know, whatever it might be, it might be reading a book for 10 minutes, it might be doing a meditation, it might be going for a walk, it might be uh, looking at some jokes, Robin Williams live. I don't know, just do something that brings you some joy every day. And I think that's a really important thing when this time of year really kicks in. Um, I think another really great tip is think about somebody else other than yourself. I find that when you look to do some kindness, some small kindness for someone else, tell you a really great little story. So last year I was going through the drive through at Starbucks in West Kelowna and the person in front of me paid for my drink. That kept me high for a month. I couldn't believe that somebody did that for me, that I, a complete stranger that I didn't know. And I passed it on. So I'll say, if you can find some little kindness that you can do for someone else and think of someone else other than yourself, you bring somebody else joy, it's going to give you great joy. So I think that's a really good thing to do to bring yourself up, snap yourself out of just thinking about yourself and how low you might feel. Bring someone else some joy. I love that. That's fantastic. Pamela. Is it possible to feel more alone being in a relationship than when you're on your own? Absolutely. Because you don't have the connection to yourself or to, your, to the other person or yourself. So feeling, sometimes we actually do feel more alone in those relationships because we have expectations of what those relationships, of why we're in the relationships and what those relationships bring us. And so taking ourselves into the place of knowing that we're never alone, first if we're always connected to source energy and we can go within us to, to feel that connection and then asking how can I be connected to that other person, right? So emotional mastery really plays into this. 
where we understand our own emotions. So if I'm feeling alone, examine that. Acknowledge that you're feeling alone. It's not because of the other person that you're feeling alone. You're feeling disconnected. And so being able to find a tool, even if it's something like the feeling wheel, which is online, it's a tool I use in my programs to help people where they can see what emotion that they're in and they, they can go across the feeling wheel to a feeling that is easy, that is in the same frequency of vibration of emotion that they can get to. So it's really hard to go from feeling alone to feeling fully connected without having some the next steps, right? It's really hard to jump from a, a, a um, I'm going to say lower emotion to a high emotion, right? To go from anger to joy is a huge leap. To feel like you have that connection within you first is kind of the first step for me in when people are feeling alone. I love that feeling. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'll definitely include uh, Pamela's um, information when I post these things so you can reach out to her to get more information about that. That sounds, I love that. That's great. So Judy, I have had a bad stomach. I have a bad stomach <clears throat> and I'm not sure why. I try and eliminate different foods, but I'm not sure what is bothering me. Can you help? Mm. Yeah, so that's, that, that's a, a question that requires a, a few uh, questions with it. <laughs> uh, because, you know, knowing what the background is, has there been any testing done? Um, you know, maybe is it some candida, a little bit of a yeast overgrowth? Is it a chronic digestive issue, um, irritable bowel? There's just so many things there that could come with that. Um, but if it's sort of a, just a general digestive issue that's not necessarily chronic or extreme pain, then what I usually suggest is once they've, you know, been to the doctor and got some testing and, and know sort of where they're at with that and rule things out, is doing a cleanse. You know, I'm really all about healthy cleanses and eating more plant-based. So when you're cutting out dairy and gluten and sugar and alcohol, and, and the particular one that I promote is seven days, and uh, you, know, you can get unlimited vegetables and fruit and berries and recipes are provided. And so what you're doing is giving your liver a rest and also your digestion a rest, and it kind of resets your digestion. So when you reset your digestion and eat different foods and take away the typical culprit foods, which are gluten, dairy, uh, alcohol, sugar, those are all big contributors usually to digestive issues, but it also can come from stress. It comes from emotional things. So there's a lot of stuff to that question. Um, but a cleanse helps to detoxify, give the liver a break. And so then when you're resetting your diet and your liver's nice and clean, and you start reintroducing some of those foods that could be possible sensitivities that are, you know, the problem, then, you know, you're, you just, your body is way more, um, well, sensitive, right? So then it notices, or you notice, because you've got a clean slate that you're working with, and you're not overwhelming your body constantly with all these, um, you know, foods that you've been eating your whole life, and you might have had a sensitivity for years, and not knowing that that's something that's bothered you. So when you remove it and you reintroduce it back slowly, um, that's like, whoa, writing's on the wall. This is really something that obviously has bothered me. And sometimes it's not like all of dairy products as example, maybe it's just cheese. Um, you know, it could quite often people are okay with yogurt, it's milk and cheese that are the problem. Um, or maybe it's just eating processed foods. So by just putting, giving your body complete, whole, organic, preferably, uh, fruits and vegetables, all plant-based, is pretty easy. The liver doesn't have to do much work. You can flush everything out, get the toxins out. And I always say cleanse is detoxifying the mind and the body. So extra meditation, extra deep breathing, a little bit of gentle twisting stretches, but not a lot of exercise. And that's the first place I start with, uh, with um, diet or uh, digestive issues. But it needs to be addressed a little more as to what's going on physically with some tests if it's a big chronic problem for a long time. Well, great, great answer, Judy. That's, that's very helpful. So Mona, how do I release old habits? Hmm. Well, I guess um, it's, I, I think a really good place to start is probably to write down the old habits that you want to get rid of. 
and find out where they came from. I mean, in my, in my work, I deal with mental and emotional things and obstacles. So if people come in and they're telling me about that, I look at their mental, their physical and emotional. And um, I work with them on that and see where the problem is, when it started, what the history is of it, what their history is, period. And um, I relate a lot of their physical stuff to their mental and emotional. So I do, I do tend to look at all of, you know, a very holistic approach for people. So old habits, um, mindsets, all of those things can be changed um, using homeopathic remedies, which I've been doing for over 10 years now. And uh, if people have, you know, really chronic issues and they really need that daily support, I also offer um, flower essence therapy. I do uh, bush flower essences as well. So I'm flower essence certified therapist as well. And I offer that as well. Do you find that people are even aware of all their habits or that they're programmed that way? Well, you know, when I do a first consultation with people, it's generally two hours. So a lot of times people do not know their patterning. And that's kind of for me to discern for them. I, uh, in the course of having a conversation with people, a lot of their patterns will show up even if they're not aware of it. Mm -hmm. It's something that, you know, it doesn't need to be brought necessarily to their awareness. I usually just look for remedies that are actually going to just um, take off those layers for them so that they don't have to do the hard work of it. That's what I love so much about homeopathy is that people don't have to do the hard work. The remedies are supposed to do that for them and they just kind of wake up and they feel better. You know, they just start feeling better and they don't even know why. But, you know, that's what happens on that mental and emotional level. And that's why I love homeopathy so much because people don't have to do a whole bunch of hard work to get there. The remedies will do it for them. So I, I'm the one that's supposed to be doing the work, not necessarily them. <laughs> And that doesn't mean that they don't need to <laughs> Of course, they do. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Pamela, I, I feel bad about the homeless, homeless people wandering around, but I am occasionally intimidated by the aggressive behavior of their, some of their aggressive behavior. What is the best way to interact in these situations? To know, to know, to know that they're there the people you know people are on the street um usually there's mental illness there's severe circumstances that have happened in their life and so to really feel compassion for them and when people are acting aggressively it's not up to us to interject or interfere unless unless we're skilled at doing that right so if someone is coming at you to you know we like i said before we have a field around us so we have this nine foot field that is all around us above and below and we can use our field to help us in situations that like that and so and to be able to do that you fill yourself with as much love as possible you just drop into your heart and you send them love because we're energetic beings and it's going to do something to the, um, the, the connection between the two of you. And I remember I was driving to work and I was down, I was going downtown and I would go up, I would go up Leon. And so for all of us are from, are from Kelowna, so we're familiar with that, but that's our street where the, where the shelter is and where um, the food, um, and uh, the soup kitchen is and so lots of people there and there was a, a guy who was standing on the side of the road and he was like kind of glaring at me and I looked at him and I smiled and he smiled back because it broke the pattern right so Mona was talking about the patterns so we we come into these patterns with people and so I do I do a lot of work where we actually look at the we look at the patterns and we look at why we're triggered and so we're so if someone is being aggressive to you and you have a uh, a response of fear or uh, uncertainty you don't know what to do and so you're being triggered by that person right so if we can interrupt it it's like the emotionals right the emotional we like when we we feel that fear and then it's like what are they going to do right so being able to sort of assess in the moment and you know, you have to be kind of, you have to be aware if you're, if, if something is going on around you, right? Like I'm, a, I used to practice martial arts 
So I, I bring that in, right? It's like, always be aware of your surroundings, right? And so what have you walked into with someone who's acting aggressively um, to you, right? And so, and what's the fastest, safest way for you to extricate yourself from that situation, right? But my first response is drop into your heart and just send love. I love that, the bubble and stuff, and just create that. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Thank you, Pamela. Uh, Judy, I am uncomfortable with how close my friends come to me during COVID. I'm trying to be calm and chill, but I'm definitely a worrier. What's the best way to navigate this? Hmm. Yes, well, it's definitely uh, stressful times that are bringing out a lot of different things in people, different emotions, um, things that they didn't even realize were there, right? It's really uncovering a lot of emotional things. <laughs> um, so I don't know, I, I think that the best answer to that is you need to do what's comfortable for you. And um, I usually just take a step back is what I do in a store, or I just choose to go down a different aisle, or I just wait until they get their mushrooms and then I move in and get mine. Um, I, I know personally, I'm not really, I'm not a fear person at all. So I'm all about building health and not fear and boosting my immune system on a daily basis with healthy lifestyle supplements to fill in the gaps. And I feel like I have a lot of tools in my toolbox to keep healthy. So I'm not really that worried about it um, because I think that when we're worried and we're in fear, then of course we're attracting more of that to us. So if you sort of pre-pave the way is what I call it. So before I even get out of my, my car, when I'm going somewhere, I just think about you know, spreading a lots of love and light around myself. And, you know, like um, Pamela talked about your energy field, huge, right? I mean, whatever you're putting out is what you're getting back. So if you're really fearful and worried and, you know, you're, you're just like this in the store and, and, you know, definitely you're attracting those people to you. So I find I really almost never get in that situation because, yeah, I just take the time to bathe myself with love and light and other people as I, I see that they have fear in their eyes about their mask and it's just you know send love and just carry on about my way and do my thing and get out um you know not stopping to dawdle and and as much as what i would normally do which is actually a little bit sad because i find just not having the conversations with people that we did before um and i i miss that connection so i do sometimes in a, in the lineup if you can have you know you've got your big gap in there is I'll just say, hi, how's your day going, you know, and always taking the time with the cashier to ask them how their day is and, um, you know, what's new or what's exciting for them. And it's hard with the plexiglass sometimes to hear what they say, but they appreciate that you take the time to ask them how they're doing. Um, and so I think it's just about spreading the love and the energy that you want to have back to you and taking that time to sort of pre-pave yourself and your own mindset before you go into public places makes a huge difference. And then things don't bother you as much. They kind of slide off you like Teflon, right? Like I always say, think about a Teflon pan, slide off. Because <laughs> as we're internalizing these things, it's just more fear, more worry, and then we're putting that out around us and it's not really contributing to anything. And then we bring that home to our household and what do you think that's doing for anybody? Like, I think that's actually one of the biggest contributors of lowering our immune system. This, this fear and this worry about things, you know, just get the tools in your toolbox and build health and you don't have as much to be concerned about. But of course, that's my opinion. You know, it has to be what feels right for you. I love that, Judy. I love pre prepave, like really think about it before you step into a situation and stuff like that. So you're prepared. Wonderful, thanks. Uh, Mona, I struggle with allergies. Drugs do help me, but is there a way to not suffer their consequences without drugs? Well, um, I have been very successful in treating people with all kinds of issues. Now, people always ask me, can homeopathy heal this? Homeopathy is different for everybody because I'm dealing with you as a person. So there are actually over 8,000 remedies in my toolbox that I can deal with with people. So when I take somebody's case and I do a consultation with them, I'm looking for a remedy that's going to match them personally and in every way possible. So yeah, I'm gonna be looking for something for that, but it also has to match them as a human being. 
The remedies will um, touch the immune system and stimulate your immune system so that your body goes and heals itself. The whole idea is not to be on medication, but I never tell people to go off their medication. That's up to them and their doctors. They have to do that professionally. It has to be their choice. And um, yeah, I have been very successful with allergies and I've been very successful with a lot of things. It just takes time and patience, especially if it's a chronic condition. Your body takes time to heal. It's not an overnight thing. You're not dealing with an acute situation. It didn't happen overnight. Um, if you got stung by a bee, that's a whole different thing than having a long-term allergy. So I just tell people to have patience and give their bodies a chance to heal and give their mental and emotional state a chance to heal so that their bodies can actually go back so that they do not have to deal with chronic allergies and they have to take medication for the rest of their life. So the easy, simple answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I do worry because you hear so many people on all these prescriptions and all these drugs to try to make themselves feel better and it, there's better ways than, than feeling like you're trapped with these drugs. Absolutely. I mean, homeopathy has been around for 230 years for sure. It's, it's been around a lot longer than modern medicine. You know, the sad part for me is that, um, you know, big pharma and big money has, has paved the way for people because that's all they know. Just because that's all they know doesn't mean that that's all that exists. And a lot of people say that to me. Well, how come we don't know about this? I said, because they can't make a lot of money off of this. So they want to, you know, downplay it. They want to say that it doesn't work. But in a lot of cases, people are very pleasantly surprised for themselves and for their animals at how successful their bodies can be in healing themselves. Our bodies are designed to heal. They are not designed to be sick. So there is always something there that can shift and change and touch your immune system. And all of us beautiful ladies on here tonight have all those kind of answers for everybody, for sure. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys are just sharing a taste of the wisdom that you guys have because it breaks my heart to see how many people suffer and challenge and they don't know that there's, 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 there's solutions just around the corner, just down the street. So Absolutely, yes. Thanks, Mona. You're welcome. Uh, Pamela, I often feel like I am being judged. I don't, I try not to care, but I do. How can I manage this better? Judgment. Judgment is actually a beautiful thing. When we feel like we're being judged, it's actually a mirror for us to look at ourselves and where we're judging ourselves. Because the other person is showing up to let us know that there is a place within us that we are judging ourselves because we're mirrors for each other. So they're only reflecting what is in your inner being. And so when we are looking, when we're, when, when somebody says that, that they feel like they're being judged, that's my first question to them is where are you feeling you're being judged, judging yourself? And where have you judged others? Because it's only there to let us know that all of the, everything that we're experiencing in our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. And so we, we actually get this gift of get to a place when we understand that judgment and criticism and yeah, all, the other, all the other things, gossiping, all of those, they're all um, actually harming us. So we're talking about the immune system, right? It's like, it actually, those are the types of things that actually lower your immune system. So we're doing it in our own thoughts and in our conversations with people. And even when we're watching someone else judge somebody, right? we're picking up the energy of that. And so being, uh, being aware of how we're judging ourselves, first of all, because it's really what it's coming back to is that we're judging ourselves. And when we can see that, Right? So, you know, when Mona was saying that it's the being able to reveal things to people and you don't even have to say, well, where are you judging yourself? You just have a conversation about judgment, right? And, and saying, so what, it, what is it that they're saying? Why are they saying it? And, you know, there's a beautiful um, saying that um, really the, ma the master will be saying thank you. Mm. Thank you for the judgment because it allows me to look at me, because it's never about the other person. Right? The, the, the conversations that we have with people are there to reveal us to us. Wow, that's powerful. 
Now, I have to admit that I'm, I'm guilt, guilty of, I'm judging judges, I guess, to a certain extent, when there's like picketers down in front of the hospital, or was it every Tuesday about abortions, or when people are like listening to all this stuff that's happening in the States where they're judging different cultures and different um, genders. and that, that upsets me, just to listen that people are, are being so cruel and, and judgmental for, like, we're all here, we're all... We're all in the same soup here across this planet and stuff like that too. So how do people like myself deal with that when it's just like, it's, it's, um, uh, and uh, Mona's going to appreciate this, the injustice <laughs> of people being persecuted or what I'm kind of almost saying that people are judging others, which is like, you don't, you know, you don't walk in their shoes. How are you doing that? So. Yeah. And, and, you know, so when we are, when we see some, when we see something and we're, um, upset by it. You know, it means you have compassion. It means you have compassion for the things in life that are un seemingly unfair, and that we can we can look and appreciate the contrast that everything is showing us. Mm. Mm. I like that. So we look at this this year particularly. We have seen huge. Um, instabilities you know structures tumbling right we've had we've had quite the year and it's been to reveal the contrast that we have in life because there's enough people on the planet who are not loving what's been going on in our history and have been working within within themselves learning the tools right so being able to use our own tools to allow ourselves to um, bring forth love and peace within our own selves. And so we're seeing and we're noticing the contrast that's there. Wow, that's powerful. Right? So even when you're seeing the picketers, um, like you said, we don't know, we don't know their path. We don't know what led them to be standing there with a sign in their hand. We have no idea. And so we have two, we have two camps, right? And we have two camps in everything because it's the contrast of, of our hum, of human nature right now, right? And we will always have contrast. There will, all, there will, there will always be the, the, the differences in the world that are um, from one extreme to the other. So even, even the simple things like there's an up and a down, there's a contrast hot, cold, their contrasts. And so we just bring it back to the simplest form and we can allow that to extend out. And will there ever be a time when there's peace and love and grooviness on the planet? It'll be a while because it's taken us a long time to get here, right? And so people are, are trying to speak their truth, right? So the people who are picketing, they're just trying to defend what they think is right. And so, with you when you're up, when when you feel um the contrast of that within your own self it's allowing yourself to feel compassion that you feel the way that you feel and compassion for the way that they feel that's that's brilliant nobody's, nobody's wrong in it right no no great way to great great to phrase that or to um sh shift paradigms that's fantastic uh, Judy, uh, there's a lot of talk about the 16-hour daily fast. Does it really work? Hmm. Well, I'm not really a fan of um, the starvation fasting <laughs> mode, uh, but some people have had results with that. So I think that, you know, the, the first thing to ask yourself before you're doing any type of intermittent fasting or cleansing or anything of that nature is, is it safe? Is it proven? Is it effective? Is there any scientific research on this or is it just somebody posting something on uh, Facebook <laughs> that they've made up that, oh, try the new thing. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's totally a personal choice. And if intermittent fasting or a 16 day fast works great for you, awesome. Then I guess if you're feeling good and you're getting results from it, uh, I personally do not recommend those at all because I feel like our body is not meant to be in starvation. 
Uh, I like a seven day cleanse because it's enough time to reset the diet and it's not hard to do and you're not having to sacrifice so much. So it's more doable for people. Um, and then, you know, doing that twice a year, spring and fall. When there's a season's change, that's the time for our body to think about cleansing. You know, Mother Nature, in her wise wisdom, brought out dandelions in the spring. Well, dandelions are, you know, fantastic for cleansing the body. It's been known for many, you know, old wives' tales back in the Mona will appreciate this. You know, dandelion is, is a great cleanser. So that's where the spring comes in, and then the fall is shifting from the you know salads and and the the cooler type foods into the warm foods so you know always incorporating that when you're looking at a cleanse and uh yeah some people have results with doing the complete no eating fast uh i'm hoping that i'm sorry i I might i might have misspoke there i was talking about the 16 hour fast so you you eat eight hours and you fast for 16 hours not a 16 day fast sorry Oh, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard what you said. Okay. So, so yeah. So it's like an intermittent type of a fast, like on a keto diet, or you're well, I think, I, I think uh, from what I've seen of it, anyways, is is you can eat anything you want for eight hours, and the other sixteen hours where you sleep and in the evening and that kind of stuff too. You okay. don't eat anything, so it gives your internal organs an opportunity to do what they need to do without having you know eating going longer than eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. So sounds like a keto type diet style. Yeah. Um, Some people have results with that. I think it's just bottom line, do your research. And if it works for you, great. And uh, I have not personally experienced results with that or have any um, clients that have experienced result with it. They always end up not sticking with it because it's too hard to do. Mm -hmm. But again, having said that, some people benefit. So I think it's it's about a personal choice, but I encourage people to do the research because not everybody is designed to be able to do that. So the dandelions are the spring cleanse, mm-hmm. and then and did you say there was a fall cleanse as well? Yeah, I, I just picked those times of the year as the, the the prime season change where we still have lots of good fresh fruits and vegetables. Like not so much the spring, but we're starting to get the vegetables in the spring especially with us that are lucky enough to live in the okanagan we can get our vegetables a lot sooner Um, but in the fall like there's tons of great fruits and vegetables still around now especially the vegetables Uh, so as the seasons are changing like september october even into beginning of november is is okay provided it's not too cold so you don't want to do a cleanse when it's right in the middle of winter typically um it's possible i mean people do it and they still have results but um and then the spring would be like march april is a perfect time or summer i mean you know it it just depends on the person's lifestyle i always say that we're going to do a cleanse plan ahead and make sure you don't have birthday parties and events and of course that's easier now because we're not doing a lot of those things um but don't set yourself up for success don't plan to do um, a cleanser or any type of a detoxification when you've got big events happening or big stressful things happening. If you've got a big project due at work or something, and that's not the time to do it. You want to pick a week that's relatively, um, you know, not as busy and not as social and set yourself up for success with having your recipes planned in advance. And I always provide a shopping list of recipes and coaching throughout a cleanse because a lot of people are doing a lot of random interesting cleanses and getting interesting results (laughs) Um, because there's nobody supporting them or coaching them or monitoring anything. It's just go home, you know, buying this cleanse kit in a store and no idea there's any research on that or no support while they're doing it. And some people have good results and lots of people don't. So um, I'm all about understanding what, what, pe- what people really want to have, what's the result that they want from doing that cleanse, and is it something that's going to be a fit for them, their lifestyle, you know, their habits, like resetting everything so they can experience the results that they want. So really getting into, and then is this, you know, is this going to be safe for them? Are they somebody who's diabetic or on a bunch of different medications? Like those are things that need to be checked with the doctor first before they start doing starvation things, right? So, um, yeah. Anyways, in a nutshell, that's what I do is really ask a lot of questions and support people thoroughly through a cleanse so they know what they're getting into, what to expect, and that they reach the results that they're looking for. 
that sounds really important to have the right coach during cleanses and stuff. Because I've run across the odd person here and there. It's like, oh, I want another cleanse. I want a cleanse. I want a cleanse. Every time I see them, they seem like they're on a cleanse. But it's almost like they're trying to strive for something, but don't really totally understand what they're trying to do. So I think like, well, a lot of times it's coach, you know. Yeah, a lot of times it's, you know, they want to want to lose weight, right? So it's that seems to be a big common one for people or they have digestive issues and their naturopath has put them on an elimination diet, um, which has its benefits totally. Um, but, you know, when you want to kickstart a weight loss program, yes, a cleanse can be a great way to do it, but only if it's a safe, proven, clinically steady cleanse and not a, a starvation type of a cleanse. So keto works sometimes for people with weight loss, sure. Other people, it does not work for them and they feel very unwell. So you just have to find what works for you. Great. Thanks, Judy. Mona, I believe I follow all the right self-care protocols. I breathe, I meditate, I have a vision board, I am grateful, but I still have dark thoughts. Is there something wrong with what I'm doing? No, I think a lot of stuff um, goes to um, unhealed wounds from childhood a lot of times. You know, I deal with 60, 70, and 80-year-old. I had an 84-year-old lady come into my office the other day. You know, it's just so fascinating to me. People have no idea how much their beginning of their life and their childhood has a huge effect on what happens to them later in their life. You know, it's just, it's just a really big deal. And when those things are left unhealed, they are obstacles that keep people stuck. And they keep people in that place in their mind of not being well no matter what they do it's old habits old patterns and old wounds that have not been healed and it's one of the it's one of the reasons why i love homeopathy so much been very successful with that um i you know i've got lots of great stories but i mean one of them is you know a gentleman came in to me and he had bronchitis chronic bronchitis he'd had for over two years of course he had done everything medically I said to him, I'm going to make this story short because you don't have that much time. And I said to him, I said, so tell me about your childhood. He said, well, I was a bastard. He said, I was left on the doorstep of an orphanage. And he said, they phoned my grandparents to come and pick me up. And he said, they treated me horribly. They treated me like a slave most of my life. And I could hardly wait to get out of there. That old wound had never been healed. So what happened to him later in his life, in his 70s of chronic bronchitis, I had to put together with his um, wound from childhood. So I had to find a remedy that matched him as he was as a successful um, entrepreneur. And I had to find something to help heal that childhood wound. And when I did, his bronchitis was gone and it never returned. That's so awesome. that's, the, that's the beauty of homeopathy. And that's the kind of situation mm -hmm. I see all the time. All so the time. So basically, if people are struggling having dark thoughts or stuck somewhere, reach out, ask for help from like one of you guys or a coach or just somebody that's going to support you because yep. there, there is a way out. You don't have to live in that spot. You do not have to live in that spot. There's always a way out. All, all three of us are, are beautiful examples of that. Shine in our lights. <laughs> that's awesome. Yay. So, so thankful you guys do that. Uh, so Pamela, oh, again, another emotional one, it sounds like. Uh, my partner actively undermines me. What should I do? Mm, gee, I'm not familiar with that at all. <laughs> I think many of us have, have been in those types of relationships. Um, so one of the things that I do is... I do work with um, emotional mastery where it's like if somebody's if somebody's undermining you, then you're actually giving your power away to that person. Right? So understanding that you're in relationship with someone who is um, I would I would ask them um, what their part in the relationship is, right? So so do they do they speak up for what they want? Are they afraid to speak up for what they want? Right. So what's their story? Right. And so then I think Judy mentioned this and certainly aligns with what Mona's been talking about, is that we, if we people are people are respond, you're in a you've attracted somebody into your relationship, right? Who is undermining you. There are likely places in early childhood 
where you felt not heard and not seen. So it would be that person is coming up, to, is showing up in your, in your world right now, revealing to you that this is a place for growth for you. Right? So if they're, they're undermining you in the present moment, if it's your pattern in the present, like in that moment, you can, only, you can just drop into your heart, right? It is, love is the one emotion that we can access at any time. And so the work that I do is with mirrors. So when you're triggered, there's a mirror showing up for you. And the mirror of perception will always be there, but the other mirrors can be dissolved through awareness and you know, through the process. And so understanding why somebody is triggering you, right? And you're, you're likely in a response of going into the drama triangle with them, right? So you're, you're, that person is the victim, the other person is the bully, and they're going to be switching roles. And so understanding what's being triggered, the, what it's really triggering, which is from childhood, and that puts you in a place of not entering into the drama triangle with them. Right? They're used to, so somebody who is doing, who is, um, is behaving in that way, they're trying to take your energy. Because if we understand that we all run our own energy, we have our own field of energy. And when it's a closed loop, right, we are with source or with the, whatever we want to call, you know, God, goddess, whatever that is. When we are running that energy, it's in a closed loop. When we're with someone who is triggering us and we are going into the drama triangle with them, we're, there's a leak, right? So that person is leaking their energy and they're giving their energy to the other person who is trying to steal their energy because neither person understands that they are their own source of energy. Well, that's really good. That's the question. <laughs> so I would explain to them the drama triangle. I would let them know what is actually happening within those, those three roles that we are we're conditioned to play them. And we do it unconsciously because we're not aware of it. But once we become aware of the roles that we're playing and we accept, and then we take responsibility for those roles, right? So that person needs to take responsibility for playing the victim, right? And we're, you know, it's once we do, it's like, yeah, I don't like that feeling too much. <laughs> I don't like thinking that I'm a victim, right? But I've looked at my own relationships and, and I was married to a narcissist. So I gave away my power all the time. So I'm very familiar with, with um, the, the roles that we play and how the energy gets shifted from person to person, right? But when we're in a, when we're in a loving relationship, we're exchanging energy, but we're exchanging energy in a way that is really healthy because it's coming from a place of love and so we're both holding our own power but yet we're able to meet and so our fields meet right but it's a, it's a we're generating the energy of love instead of us instead of our there being sort of leaks in between because both people are leaking energy that's good <laughs> thank you that's really neat pamela I, I like that what did can you repeat what the three roles were it was victim bully and the rescuer I didn't, yeah, I didn't mention the rescuer. rescuer. But people change the roles all the time. So, so someone who's, who's um, the rescuer, they will try to help the victim. The victim really doesn't want to be helped. And so the rescuer will go away and say, you know, I spent this time with them and they just don't want to be helped. And now they've become the victim. So we you know, we play in these roles a lot and one of the things that I share in the courses that I run is that I've played the victim I've played in the drama triangle all by myself my own mind right I've bullied myself and then I've tried to rescue myself right and so when when we have awareness around this it makes life a whole lot easier get out of the drama triangle with ourselves first that's fantastic and our last question for the evening, Judy, my five and eight-year-olds are such fussy eaters. I want to feed them healthy choices, but that doesn't always go over very well. Any advice? Mm, yes. Well, I think we've all been there, those of us that have had kids. 
I'd say that's pretty common. Um, you know, our, our, our diet in our household is super reflective, of course, as to what our children eat. So if you don't want your kids to eat things, don't bring it into your house. So check out your pantry, and I always call it do a pantry audit, because uh, if there's a lot of junk food in there, it's not really fair that you're eating it and you don't think your kids can have any. So, you know, always being aware of what's coming in. I mean, the decisions really start in the grocery store. So first of all, try not to take your kids shopping with you. And if you have to, you know, you've got your list and you're sticking to the list because what comes in your house gets eaten. So nothing wrong with having some snacks that are, you know, a few carb snacks, but there's a lot of healthy choices that you could have for those carb snacks in the evening, you know, buy yourself a, a bag of popcorn at Costco, like they, you know, the chickaboom or whatever it's called, popcorn is great. There's like almost no calories to it. And, uh, you know, it's easy. Put some in a bowl for your, your toddler or your, your five and your eight year old. That's something that's like a, uh, a special thing. Right. Um, and then just having lots of fruits and vegetables. My thing with my kids, my family always, and even now my kids are growing up is we always have lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and berries washed and ready to go in the fridge at any given time and a fruit bowl of washed fruit. So if it's convenient, it's easy, it's ready to go, we're going to eat it. And just like the fast food, other choices, right? If they're in our pantry and they're there and yeah, they're convenient too, but let's flip that around to the convenient, healthy options with plant-based choices. Not saying we need to be vegetarian, but a lot of us could do with eating a lot more fruits and vegetables. And they have so many amazing, powerful antioxidant benefits. It's live whole food. That's what our body wants. That's what it does the best with. And our children will grow up to have much stronger health and immunity if they're eating much more of a plant-based diet with adequate amount of protein as well. So I'm a big believer of smoothies and I put, you know, an organic vegan gluten-free uh, protein powder in my smoothies. I have not met a child yet that doesn't like smoothies, especially if they have some choice about what goes in the smoothie. So I think, you know, there's too much of this mom and dad are choosing what goes in the child's lunch for school and they're not having choice. So when we don't give our kids choice, then, then they rebel back and then they're going to choose the junk food from their friends and they're going to trade snacks and things like that, which I don't know how much of that's happening anymore now at school because we're having to be in, you know, in that bubble a little bit more. But I know with my kids, when the lunch came home, and wasn't eaten, it's like, well, you're not having any dinner until your lunch is eaten from school. And they were like, oh, that's so mean. It's like, well, why would we throw this food away? You made a choice that you were packing that food in your lunch. That was your choice. And so the choices were always a fruit and a vegetable every day. And it was, you know, it might be a sandwich or some leftover soup or whatever it might be. But there was, there was choice, but it was healthy choices that I had some control over. So I would put those on the counter when my kids were like, I don't know, my grade three, they were making their own lunches because I thought, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I don't like making lunches, first of all. And second of all, if you are putting in what, you, what um, or, you know, I'm putting in what I think you should have, rebellion big time, right? So the older your kids get, the more you're, you're setting the pattern for this from the time they're, they're even three years old on is making sure they're watching you have healthy choices bring the foods into your house that you don't want your kids to eat. Try to get rid of those sugary snacks because if they're there, of course they're going to go for those sugary snacks. But if you've got a fresh bowl of washed grapes and cherries and, and strawberries or, you know, in the fridge, they're probably going to go for that if they don't have the other choice or make them a smoothie with some protein in it when they get home from school. Because a common reason why children crave things that we don't want them to have is because their blood sugar is low. You know, they've gone six, seven hours at school. They've probably eaten half their lunch just because they're distracted with everything. And, uh, you know, their blood sugar is like way down there. They get home and they're like Jekyll and Hyde behavior and the parents are wondering what's going on. It's like, well, the writing's on the wall here. They need some protein and they need it fast to balance their blood sugar and water. Um, plus, they just need to decompress usually from everything that's happened and all the emotional stuff that's you know, gone on at school maybe the bus ride home, who knows what triggered them. So I'm all about getting the protein in and um, a smoothie is a great way to do it. Kids love it. Have them help you. My granddaughter's a year and a half. She's already helping me make smoothies every day. 
she picks what she wants in the smoothie. She goes apple, nana, and you know, I'm letting her have that choice, but I'm only putting the healthy choices out for her to pick. And, and then she has it and I'm like, you made this smoothie. So, you know, that's all you're getting right now. Cause that's what you asked for. So she loves it. She's drinking her smoothie and we have a toast and, you know, we make a fun little game out of it. And uh, of course, as her kids get older, they maybe don't want to, you know, they don't think about hanging out with mom as a fun game with food, but try to involve them in the cooking, you know, get your kids by the time they're in grade one or two, they can start helping you cook a meal and, you know, helping to figure out what snacks they want to have for the week. Take time on a Sunday to plan ahead for your meals for the week. And get them involved in the you, know, the, you know, what meals would you like to have? If they're complaining about, oh, I don't want spaghetti. It's like, well, we talked about this on Sunday and you said you would like to have a spaghetti night Tuesday night. So that's what we're doing. You know, so involve them. I think it should always be a family decision, but you can control it a little bit in the way that giving, offering the healthy choices. Um, anyways, that's what's worked for my family and, and hundreds of uh, parents that I have coached through this over the years. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. I love that. I don't like making lunches any <laughs> anyway. Let them make their own. Just put the stuff out. And they just, I was like, yeah. I fired myself as lunch maker by the time my kids were in grade three. It's like I'm done. I'm not good at it. So you know what? It's all all yours. Here's your choices. Pick what you want. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, great. Good. Good advice for parents for sure. So Mona, Hello. how can people find you? Where are you? How do I try oh, to get out? Am I? <laughs> well, I'm at 2009 E Enterprise Way. So I'm, uh, I have an office at Odette's Wellness Center. You can also find me at www.steppingstoneshomeopathy.com. Um, yeah. You want my phone number? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's okay. And, how, and what kind of services do you offer to people? So um, I offer um, classic homeopathy. Um, I offer intuitive body message readings for people as well. I offer flower essence therapy. I do animal uh, homeopathy as well. And uh, I offer HCG um, weight loss um, diet as well. I do that as well. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Pamela, where can people track you down and what services do you offer? They can find me on Facebook, that is for certain, and PamelaLynch.com. And the services that I offer are, I just, I have just created a course that starts on Monday that is mm. called Self-Mastery for Your Life. And it brings in the emotional mastery and looking at the triggers, the drama triangle, where we give our power away, and then how to take our power back. And then what do we want to create? So it's a 10-week course. And uh, so I offer that. I also offer um, coaching around writing. So not teaching people how to write, but how they get to the place where they are inspired to write. And they're writing what they love. And they're earning money from write their writing. Awesome. And then I also do numerology. So I do, I've, had, I've taken three levels of numerology. So I help people with their divine purpose blueprint, which is basically your personality. The advanced uh, numerology, I have a, pro, um, a package that I, that I offer that's um, the CEA, CEO creative cycle. And it looks at your cycle in your life. And it's related to the planetary alignment of where you are in your life. And then we can use, we use that and take it down to the year and then down to the week. So people can look at their week and they know that today is a CEO day. So it's planning, it's mm -hmm. strategy. The next day is all about relationships. So those are the days to reach out, right? And so, and it goes for the weekend. And so it's beautiful because it actually goes from the big, big picture right down to the, the week. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That sounds great. And Judy, what about you? What services do you offer and how can they find you? First of all, I want to comment on Pamela's CEO day. I totally want one of those. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, so I work from home and I do primarily most of my work via Zoom, although I do meet one-on-one uh, -on -one, um, occasionally with people depending on their comfort level. 
uh, but usually it's from home and um, I create a 30 day wellness plan based on what their health goals are. So if your health goal is to uh, start a healthy weight plan, then we would always start with the cleanse to kind of kickstart the metabolism going. And that's based on a 30 day wellness plan. It's called the prove it challenge. And um, for anyone really that even just wants to get on a healthier path, this, this is uh, a 30-day plan that works for pretty much all levels of wherever you're at. And some people don't want to do a cleanse and that's okay. So it's just more plant-based eating. It's a bit of mindset uh, coaching. There's a Facebook group called Fall Reset Your Routine. And anybody can find me there. And on there, I have um, a couple other members of my team and we work together to um, just create daily content with a short video clip on mindset, lifestyle, movement, uh, basically a whole a nutrition like diet side of things. So it's kind of like a, a whole healthy lifestyle package that we're offering education um, and no cost, of course, to join that. Anybody can, can come and check out the group and we coach you depending on whatever it is that you're looking for, whether you want to have um, you know, more energy, there's, there's something for that, whether you're wanting to reset your diet. And, but basically this 30 day plan that we focus on has something for everybody but it can be customized, particularly to meet your needs. Uh, so it's a conversation, first of all, usually on Zoom, as to what your goals are. And that's just a complimentary, you know, 15, 30 minutes to figure out where you're at, where you want to be, how do we bridge that gap working together? And uh, what's the best plan for you? Uh, I focus on healthy body, healthy skin, and healthy home. So um, I, I also promote Shackley Health and Wellness products through my work, and they have non-toxic coastal cleaners because a lot of times it's the chemicals in our home that could be a big contributor to our health. Uh, so we need to look at that, especially when we're in the big over-sanitizing phase right now, that those chemicals are having a big effect on a lot of people and their skin. Uh, so healthy skin with vegan gluten-free um, skincare as well. And again, it's customized depending on what people are looking for. So kind of something for everybody. Um, but we focus a lot on education around uh, healthy lifestyle. That's, that's my number one focus. And I work with a team of other people that I'm teaching to do the same as what I do. And so if you're you know, looking for extra income, that is also an option with the work that I do. Um, yeah, so... That's pretty much it. They can find me on the Fall Reset Your Routine Facebook group um, or Instagram is Judy Holt 44. Um, my, my also faith, main faith business Facebook page is JH Health Coaching. And uh, that's a great place. So, yeah. Great. Well, thanks, guys. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Was lots of gems and wisdom shared by all. So what a gift. I'm excited to share this everywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Shana. It's going to wrap it up here in two secs. <laughs>